0: God bless. Good to have you guys here with us this morning. Again, uh, welcome to Advent, our weeks where we lean into the season and want to change the story that's being told. Uh, As you know, there is so much commercial presentation for the season that we many times lose the opportunity to make an impact. And so uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more. But let's pause right now. Let's allow this moment to be something that is meaningful to our souls. And would you pray with me? Lord God, we are grateful for opportunities to be still and to allow the busyness of life to fade away and allow ourselves time to focus on things that are spiritual, things that are important in other ways. And so we do so this morning, and we ask that your spirit would work within our hearts and our minds, that we would lean into you and be changed because of time spent with you. I pray that you would allow this day to redirect us in ways that are healthy. And we do ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we have a treat. I am changing, or we are sharing the Advent time. And so Randy is going to be speaking this morning. And since Randy is not going to be playing music, as you can tell, we have a piano. And so Lydia is going to be playing for us. So let's welcome Lydia as she comes up. God bless you guys. Thank you, Lydia. A few announcements. Uh, Next Sunday, we need you to bring in the Christmas stockings that we have gathered for the uh, Foothill Family Shelter. Uh, We have to turn them in, and so you need to bring them in. We have bags here because we know that it's hard to put $40 in a stocking, um, unless you just give gift cards, I guess you could do it easily. But we have bags here that you can bring the gifts in, and we can put whatever doesn't fit in the stocking in the bags, and we'll keep those together, okay? Um, so again, next week, bring all the bags in. And because you guys filled the 33 bags within a few days, which again, so grateful for this community and the generosity but there are still people who would like to continue in this theme remember we've been doing this kind of advent conspiracy for years now and we've done some incredible things we built a latrine for a school in haiti we built a whole cafeteria for a school in haiti we've done things with foothill family shelter and other organizations last year we helped with uh, those who were in foster care the teenagers And so we have opportunity for you to continue giving in different ways. One of them is with Warrior for Children. And so you can go, we'll have this on our social media. I'm sure we'll be able to put it up where you can go here and find out, just do the little code and you can go to any of those things, Amazon, Walmart, Target, and find what gifts you can give. And then you can bring them here and we'll have a box where you can just put the toys in or whatever the gifts are uh, in that box and we will take them uh, to the Warrior for Children. Also, if you were to go to forareason.org, that is the organization that we have partnered with in Haiti, as I have shared before, um, right now Haiti is in turmoil. The government has all but collapsed. And so all the schools that we were sponsoring there have had to stop meeting because it's not safe and there is not the means just for survival. And so if you go to forareason.org to donate, your money will go to help the students and their families of the schools that we've been supporting to provide basic needs, food, uh, oil for fuel, things like that, so that they can actually eat and survive. Because we've had to pivot And we can't provide for the kids' education right now because what good's going to school if you can't eat? And so these are areas where you can continue to push into the season differently. I heard that last year in the U.S. we spent over $800 billion on Christmas. And this year it's expected to be over $900 billion. And... Over $15 billion is spent on gifts that are taken back. It is estimated that over $30 billion would be enough money to provide clean water everywhere in the world. Right? Sometimes we have to stop and think about what we're doing. Now, what we've done in the past is we're not trying to stop No Christmas bah humbug, right? For everybody, we're just saying give less. Spend less money on things that aren't needed. Spend less, but give more. Give relationally. Invite people over for dinner. Make something. Write a card and give it to people. Have them over to your house for dinner. Take them out to coffee. So spend less and give more to the areas that are helping the people in need, and those are the things that we're presenting to you. Of course, you can do whatever things you might know of as well. It doesn't have to be these things, but let's allow Christmas to still change the world as we know it, and again, thank you guys for filling the stocking so quick, and we'll post up the Warrior for Children as well as put something together for four reasons so that you guys can give towards these other things this holiday season, and now... This week, we've got Randy. Next week, Brian is going to be sharing, and so I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Oh, one more thing. We are not going to be meeting here Sunday the 25th. We are not going to be having a Christmas morning uh, service. Um, None of the people who put this together could be here, and so I ain't showing up if they ain't showing up. Um, No, really, we want you to spend this time with your family. Uh, But we will put something online. I'm going to pre-record something, and we'll have that online for Christmas morning so you can watch if you want to. Um, And I I said last week, if you don't have a place to be Christmas, hit me up, um, and we'll have you at our house. I'm sure I'm going to smoke something, and it'll be great. So anyway, I meant like a turkey or ham, right? You guys. All right, Randy, before I get into more trouble. Everyone's going to show up at your house now.
1: (laughs) Well, hello. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, Just, I wanted to find some terms, because we talk about Advent conspiracy. And um, those are words that are familiar, but um, just so we know. Like Advent, the word Advent means uh, something cool is about to happen. It's anticipation. It's this longing for something that's about to happen. And so that's Advent. It's a fancy way of saying, hey, (laughs) I can't wait. And it's also celebrated this time of year, the four Sundays before Christmas, all around the world by all kinds of different denominations. So it's kind of cool to know that many of us are thinking the same thoughts this time of year. But now we've gone and made it a conspiracy. And that means something completely different, especially over the last couple of years. So maybe you're thinking, I've had enough conspiracies for, <laughs> for my lifetime. Um, I don't know what I think about all this. Uh, but it's not that kind of conspiracy. It's not... It's not that. We're conspiring against what Sam said earlier, the commercialization of this holiday season. We want to bring it back to something more simple and more basic and uh, more quintessential to what the meaning of the season really is. It's the birth of Jesus and what that means. So I have a a question I'll throw out. This is rhetorical, so just kind of maybe think about it in your head for a minute, and then um, we'll get into this a little bit more. But I want you to think about the best Christmas present you ever got. And when was it? And just think about that. Maybe we'll talk about that later. This one's not rhetorical, but... What were, By the way, I'm seeing myself on camera and I realize you guys are so kind for not asking what's going on with my hair. <laughs> I don't know. I went on a date with my wife last night and I was like, what do I do with this? And she was like, put on a hat. <laughs> so it's growing, but then I don't, I can't, it's like in that awkward phase and it's been here for too long. Anyways, um, I digress. <laughs> what, uh, you guys are so sweet though. You're just like, I'm not going to say it. What were the shepherds doing that night that the angels appeared and said glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, good will toward men? What were those shepherds doing? Anything fancy? Tending the flock? Tending the flock. Maybe, maybe they were snoozing? I don't know. They were just doing stuff the shepherds do. Well, as we press into this idea, this, this conspiracy, <laughs> this conspiring against commercialization of Christmas, it's really about taking a breath and remembering that this is still about Jesus. This is still about the kingdom of God. This is still about the idea that Christmas, much like those angels promised, is good news for all people. And we'd like to believe that it can still change the world. Typically, in Advent, there are four themes. Four themes typically are hope, peace, love, and joy. But once you've made this a conspiracy, the four themes become worship fully, spend less, give more, and love all. So, like Sam said, he asked Brian and I to to take the next couple of weeks, and I drew the short straw. (laughs) Because I got spend less, <laughs> right, like like worship fully i 'm all behind that that 's a good one. give more absolutely, love all that 's my jam, but spend less <laughs> oh man, I have to start with the confession this week. this is a true story, like on Wednesday of this week, Bree came down, we work we both work from home. She works upstairs, and I typically work downstairs. And she came down, and she was like, Hey, um, can you help me organize the closet? Because these Christmas gifts have come in, and, and you know they're kind of blocking everything. And so I said, Yeah. And I went upstairs, and we started taking boxes out of the closet. And, y'all, I pulled a toy store out of our closet it was so much stuff. And I was like, Brie, babe, I'm teaching on spending less this week. Like, what are you, what are you doing to me? We, uh, we had a plan. And, and this was her idea. And it was a great idea. She said, this year, we're going to start, we're going to sh- shop in October. And we're going to get it all done out of the way. So there's no stress toward, you know, December toward the holiday. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. That sounds awesome. Totally on board. I did notice that October was a really tight month in our house. And, uh, and you know, I was like, man, what happened to all the money? She's like, well, you know, we got Christmas out of the way. That was a half-truth, y'all. Because there was, uh, <laughs> let me just say, we have enough for Christmas and birthdays and lots of other stuff. But gift-giving is her love language, so I'm giving her a little bit of a pass. My love language is spending less. <laughs> That's the end of my lesson. Thank you for being here. <laughs> On the way here this morning, I, I, heard, um, I heard the Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. <laughs> I was going to sing it, but I checked it out. (laughs) All right. 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. The scripture says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, To be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Let's let's just let's just look at let's have a real look at where we live in this day and age. If you read the news, you might have been reading about tech industry layoffs. If you've been to the grocery store, you know all about inflation. If you put gas in your car, you know that's pain. Economic uncertainty all over the news and still, what Sam said, Americans are hell-bent on spending $942 billion this year on Christmas. $942 billion. 900, we're almost, we're almost at a trillion dollars, and it's an upward trend every year. Last year, 2020-21, 20, uh, we jumped 14%. It's a huge spike. This year, it's not quite that big, but, I mean, we're talking about $942 billion. We could have gone in together and bought Twitter more than once. Or maybe we could have gone together and solved some real problems like Sam was talking about. Done some real good. But we riddled with this pressure to keep up with the trends, whatever is on, uh, advertised on TV, the latest tech gadgets, gift cards. $942 billion. That's why we can't have nice things. I also read this week that the median household income in the United States, and this is going to be a surprise probably on both sides of the fence for everybody, but the median household income in the United States is $70,000. $70,000 is higher in California, it's higher in New York, but 70000 is the country's household median income. And if you make $70,000 in your family or more, you are a one-percenter. Is that crazy? If your household makes $70,000, you're in the same worldwide wealth bracket as Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Do you feel like that? (laughs) That It's so hard for me to wrap my mind around these things. And cost of living, of course, is what it is. But the rest of the world, the median income in the rest of the world, is $2,800 annually. (laughs) So when Paul wrote this letter to Timothy and said, these rich people, we're going to have to have some special instructions for them. They're going to need special instructions. What popped into Timothy's head wasn't billionaires building rocket ships. It was people like us. When Paul said, command those who are rich In this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. He was talking, he was thinking about people just like us. That might feel crazy, but this instruction is for you and for me. When you're tempted to spend more, remember that more is not enough, it's not actually what your soul desires. Paul says, be rich rather in goodness and generosity and share what you have. Because that's what life looks like in the kingdom of God. There's a little story in Luke chapter 14 that hardly gets any attention and it's kind of a weird one. Uh, Verse 1. One Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee he was He was being carefully watched. Get that scene in your head already. He goes to eat dinner. He's invited over to a prominent Pharisee's house. And while he's there, all the other Pharisees are like, watch this guy. He's going to mess up and we're going to catch him. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. I feel like that, y'all. But this man actually had what's called dropsy which is when the fluids in your body uh, your body isn't able to contain them and so he's swollen with water Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts in the law is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not but they remained silent so taking hold of the man Jesus healed him and sent him on his way end of scene now Jesus stays at that, at that party for a little bit more and this is a, kind of a just kind of a, a beautiful picture of words of what's about to happen. It sets the scene for something bigger. But this guy with dropsy, this is his story. He shows up at this party. I don't know if he's a Pharisee or if he's an expert of the law or if he's put there to test Jesus because that's what the Pharisees like to do. I don't know. But he has dropsy which is similar to edema, caused by excess water that accumulates in your body and you swell up. And the worst part, they say, is you're still thirsty. You still want more water. Yeah, look this up. 71% of the world, of our earth, is covered in water. 55 to 66% of our bodies are made of water. And by all accounts, water is a good thing. It's a good thing. God even said so when he created the earth. This man had dropsy. In his physical affliction, the man with too much water in his body wanted nothing more than more water. And the metaphor is rich because, like I said, the rest of Luke 14 finds Jesus schooling these Pharisees on their lust for honor. They just wanted more. They wanted the seat of honor. They wanted the best seat in the house. They wanted people to recognize their generosity, and they wanted honor in it. And so this metaphor is this, right? This man who had too much was thirsting for more. And maybe it speaks to us in the holiday season about peace and joy and hope and love when our focus is on presents and spending more, then we miss the meaning altogether. Too much of a good thing is not always a good thing. And in this case of this man, too much of something that's good can cause more harm than good. I've, I read this story about a lady who died of water intoxication, and I guess that I've never heard of this before, but I guess this is a thing that happens. And in this case, it's 28 year old woman from California died after competing on a radio station's show contest which was called I'm not even joking hold your Wii for a Wii so they had to drink all this water water, water, water six liters she drank of water and she was not able to go potty <laughs> to win a Wii system this was in 2007 she had to hold it Her name was Jennifer Strange. She got sick, she went home with a splitting headache, and then she died from water intoxication. Too much of something good is not a good thing. Jesus pronounces this again in Mark 10 in a story that's probably a lot more familiar, the story of the rich young ruler. And you might have heard this story before. A young man comes to Jesus, And he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he says he knows the commandments and he's kept them since he was a young boy. And verse 21 says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this time, the man's face fell And he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around to his disciples and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? No one loves that scripture. We would prefer to think, well, Jesus didn't say that to anyone else. So he was just that guy, that guy's problem. That guy was putting all his trust in his wealth. Or it's because he was, you know, like Elon Musk rich. But he was a, he was a guy with wealth. And that's a hard pill to swallow. I've never met anyone, uh, holy as they may be, who has sold all their possessions and given them away. But Jesus says, one thing you lack. You are carrying the weight of all your stuff. You are carrying the weight of all these things. You are carrying the weight of these things that might be good, <clears throat> but too much of a good thing is killing you. In a survey from Magnify Money, participants said that they rack up between $1,000 and $5,000 in debt every Christmas. of them said it would take them three months to pay it off. 30% of them said it would take them five months to pay it off. How did we normalize this? How did we let this become our holiday season? How did we let the story of Jesus' birth, the gift of freedom, put us in bondage like this? Hmm. I think we need to hear just, I read this, uh, actually, I got an email from uh, a podcast that I follow, and this was on uh, Psalm 148, and I I read it yesterday, and it wasn't going to be part of what I talked about today, but I was moved by it, and so I wanted to read it to you. What were the shepherds doing that night when the angels came to them? They were doing shepherd stuff. What was Mary doing when the angel came to her and said, do not be afraid? She was 13 maybe, doing 13-year-old stuff. They weren't putting on airs. They weren't trying to look righteous before other people. They weren't wearing pretenses to church on Sunday or anywhere else they were just being who they were created to be doing what they were created to do and so the psalmist of 148 he writes this he says praise the lord praise the lord from the heavens praise him in the heights above praise him all his angels praise him and all his heavenly hosts praise him sun and moon praise him all you shining stars Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that would never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. Lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel the people close to his heart praise the lord <clears throat> i didn't count how many times he said praise the lord but i'm pretty sure that was the whole point of this psalm do you ever read the psalms and just think what what he's calling like inanimate objects to to praise He's calling angels sun and moon and shining stars, waters above the skies. I don't don't know what that even is. Sea creatures and stormy winds, fruit trees and cedars, wild animals and cattle, small creatures and birds. And then after he's named all those things, we come after the cows. (laughs) We come after the cows. He says, then people of the earth, right? The kings and the princes and, and the old men and the young people, everybody. But we are after the the creepy crawly things. We're after small creatures and flying birds. We're after the cattle. So I read this and I think uh, some translations of the Bible actually say sea monsters instead of sea creatures, which I was like, how exactly are sea monsters praising Jesus? And the winds and the cows. There's no pretenses there. They praise him. They give him glory by being his creation. By just being his creation, they are part of the magnificent work, masterpiece that God is creating. Birds might be a different story because they peacock. (laughs) Sorry, bad joke. (laughs) Maybe more than we understand, the wind understands how to give praise. The wild animals, the shining stars glorify God just by being shining stars. The angels appeared to shepherds. The angels appeared to a young woman. Now, when someone says praise the Lord, and that became such a phrase back in the day, right, that it was like PTL. PTL it doesn't it just it lost it lost its meaning and the scripture says it again and again and it's pointing us to god's creation saying all of these things are praising god just by being not by showing up at church on sunday morning not that i'm saying don't show up at church on sunday morning Our community is important. But we don't relegate our praise to an hour on Sunday or by trying to appear holy and righteous. What if, just humor me for a second, what if when you find your identity in God, when you're satisfied in the fact that just like the rich young ruler, Jesus looks at you and loves you, just like he did to the shepherds, just like he did to Mary. He looks at you and loves you. What if that is where you find your worth? The old reformer, Jonathan Edwards, used to say that God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. When we find our satisfaction in God, that is praising him. I just want you to hear that we've all experienced life in different ways. We've all been through things. We've all done things. We've all made mistakes that we're not happy to talk about. But what if God loves you just the way you are? Then maybe we wouldn't think so much about keeping up with the Joneses or having the latest gadget or even worry so much about your BMI or your, your stock account. What if God is glorified when you are satisfied in him? Hmm. When you recognize your part in his masterpiece. When you trust God over wealth. Maybe we wouldn't feel the need to spend more, but we could spend less. Less. And I told you about my toy closet, so I'm in no position to tell you how to spend your money this season. But I can say that consumer, Christian, consumer Christmas, consumer Christianity, is too much of a good thing. And it's not changing the world for better. So this season, I know most of us have been shopping or done shopping, or maybe you're done, like I hope my wife is done. Um, Listen to the people in your life. Listen to what moves them. Listen to what excites them. What is meaningful to them. And then spend wisely. And then, as a good creature, part of this magnificent creation, simply do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Worship fully, spend less. Because it's not enough to say it's not enough to say no to the way Christmas is celebrated today, but we need to say yes to a different way of celebrating the birth of Christ. Amen Father, I thank you so much for the time to to be with you this morning to be with your family here, and I pray Lord that uh, if there's any wisdom, that that's what sticks with us today. That you would maybe just reach out to us where we are and let us know that just like the shepherds doing their thing, just like Mary, we're part of what you're creating. Help us to walk with you. Help us to walk in our purpose. Help us to let, not get caught up in the commercialization of the season and help us to see and spend wisely. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you pray with me one more time? Father, I pray that you would be glorified in your people, that you would be smiling down upon us as we consider how we might follow you even more closely in these days. Help us to make a mark, a God-sized dent in our community and help us, uh, like I said, just to see you and to spend more wisely. So ask this for all my brothers and sisters here and all those watching in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody on YouTube land. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings.